personal brand. Who's winning the race and why? You know what, Candy? I think we're all learning. It's so new. People are just wrapping their heads around it. Some folks think that it's all about online, but you know what? The best brands are built offline with experiences, but we know that for marketing, don't we? Welcome to Back of Napkin, the podcast created in honor of that great tradition of big ideas doodled on little pieces of paper, where we here at Fleischman Hillard are passing a napkin to top marketing leaders who will sketch out what's on their minds about the topics that are on ours. We all know brands have their own personalities. Geico's sense of humor, Hallmark's warmth and honesty, Nike's inspirational competitor. And we marketers work really hard to protect and nurture them. But what about our personal brands, yours and mine? You think we'd spend a lot of time on that, right? But do we? And if we're not, how is that hurting our personal and professional lives? To answer those questions is executive coach and award-winning marketer, L. Michelle Smith. Michelle, welcome. Hey, Candy. Hi. It's good to be here. Thanks for having me. I'm happy you're here. So, Michelle, first of all, a quick intro about you for our listeners. For much of your career, you've been an integrated marketer and an award-winning communicator at global agencies, and most recently, a Fortune 10 tech telecom and media company, where, of course, we met. Right. But you're also a serial entrepreneur. You ran your own agency for about a decade, and now you're rocking it as a professional executive and business coach, helping corporate professionals in the workplace crush their career goals and tap into the transformational leaders inside of them. And it's what's inside of them or someone's personal brand that we'll be discussing today. So our personal brand. Mm-hmm. Tell us what that really means in a general sense. Like, are we born with it? Can we change it? What do we want to do with it? Well, I think one of the first things to do is level set the difference between reputation and brand. It helps people to really understand what we're talking about. So reputation is PR folks. We're, we deal with that all the time. And that's really what people say about you after you've left the room, right? right. So um, you can leave an impression with someone that's intentional. And that's what I like to call your brand. So think of it like the experiences that you intentionally have with other people that can be online or offline. I also like to think of it like it's a basket. Your basket comes complete with some aspects that you're born with. It's kind of in your DNA. It's kind of in your environment, um, who you are as a person. Your story is a part of that basket. Um, Your culture is a part of that basket. Um, You can put some things into the basket and you can take some things out. And that's where I like to talk about value proposition and then actually understanding how your story gives you keys to your future. Excellent. So how, okay, so assuming my basket is very full, Mm -hmm. um, how does um, someone who perhaps is um, dealing with a basket that's kind of empty, maybe they're lacking a bit of their personal brand, how does it affect the job that we do as marketers? Well, first of all, you have to know who you are. And I know we're going to talk about authenticity later, but it's important to know who you are. And I'm talking about not just your name and your title. I'm saying doing the hard work of understanding what your story is all about. Your basket actually does have things in it already. You need to realize what those things are. And once you understand what they are and you understand what your superpowers are, you can start to communicate your brand and your value. How do you get people to uncover and realize and identify 
what things they might be holding in their basket but aren't really aware of yet. Right. So, you know, I have some exercises for my clients, that's for sure. Um, But one thing in general that one of my mentors taught me about this personal storytelling that I'm talking about is understanding what the 10 most significant things are that have happened to you, good and bad, in your life. And what you'll find is that there are literally lessons that you've learned from those instances You pull from that not just your value, but your leadership platform. Um, That works for people a lot, too. But on the flip side, when you think about brands, it's very important to understand what's the narrative? You know, what's the story? Historically, going all the way back to the beginning of when the brand was even birthed, to even begin to unlock what's going to come down in the pike in the future. Do the brands we work on become our identity? So as marketers and maybe even looking in, into your own career. Sure. Was there ever a time that you really felt like um, you were becoming the brand oh, yeah. that you were working for? Absolutely. I think, too, especially as PR folks, I think marketers, you know, integrated marketers might feel this way, too. You put the brand first because that's your job, right? And historically, I think that's just the way we've been groomed to always put the brand first and then stand behind, you know, and let everything unfold for the brand. After all, that's how we were paid, right? (laughs) Especially as agency people, we were kind of behind the scenes. We weren't trying to put our name out there. I think that has carried over into this digital age, this very industrial, if you will, of us to think that way. But the digital age is something different, especially where you see research where you really need the people the human interaction of the employees to begin to shape that brand in ways that you can't do so successfully with just an organic handle, if you will, on social media. So there's research that shows that um, when companies are just sharing on their organic handles, on their own handles, that they don't get nearly as much reach. It's almost 18 times the reach when the humans, the employees, actually share on behalf of the now here's the here's the catch you can become that employee advocate that is just woohoo all about the company all the time and lose yourself in that and forget that you have social capital and forget that you have social real estate which I always harp on as being very important to have balance so that you're not just shaping your brand brand your big brand but your personal brand too So we all identify with big brands. Um, Has that changed in our digital age? You just, you mentioned digital age. I'm curious how that, how you see that evolving. Oh, well, absolutely. So there was the democratization that happened of the internet, which means that everybody got access and the big brands came second. Think, think about Twitter. You know, there were people there before the brands were there. Right. And people's individuality and their individual voice is valued even higher than a brand's voice on digital and social. So it makes sense that this research is showing that these individual voices actually give power to these big brands. Think about the influencer model, right? And influencer marketers. Why are big brands turning to influencers to reach these niche markets? because they don't have that power. So it's very, very important for us to realize how the digital age has really leveled the playing field for individuals like you and me. Thinking about influencers and 
what a brand's personality is, what a brand's tone and voice mm-hmm. is, how they want to make people feel, how they want to sound. Right. Are they um, thinking about the humorous brand or mm-hmm. a jester brand or uh, an emotional one? Um, aligning with influencers and looking at them and mm-hmm. their individual personal brands, how do you think um, brands are succeeding in, in finding the right individuals to now kind of represent them sure. on a scale? I think there are brands that get it right when they understand who they are, first of all. Again, just like the personal brand, you've got to know who you are. If you're a big brand that is maybe a little bit more conservative, if you will, and I'm not talking politics, but I'm talking just a little bit, you know, stodgy, but you're trying to reach a Gen Z or a, a Gen Y, you know, millennial group, you might opt for an influencer that has that pull, but still has to be very um, organic to your brand too. So it's a, it's a balancing act and some brands get it, other brands don't and they'll pick influencers that are just popular right but they may not align with the brand and so when people hear them speak on behalf of the brand there's a disconnect yeah that makes sense Mm -hmm. so we know that there are a lot of triggers that affects affect brands um crisis being one of them let's talk a little bit about how an individual's personal brand helps define your actions when faced with crisis. Okay, well, again, back to understanding the story, that is that is key, and then also understanding your value. So my value proposition after I've done the work, and you'll see it on my website, it says I help people and brands thrive and succeed at the intersection of tech, culture, and business. I just didn't pull that out of the sky. <laughs> that really is core to my story. I'll take tech for instance going all the way back to when I was 12 years old, my dad taught me how to, well, they called it programming back then. They call it coding now. He taught me how to program basic, which is like one of the first, second, third generation, early generation programming languages, which is the basis for a lot of things, right? You are early girl in STEM. Exactly, early girl in STEM. So if you look through my story, there are you know little significant points in my life where technology was very important. It makes sense that if you look at my resume and you look at my career, how I would end up at a big STEM company or working for technology companies. Um, When it comes to crisis, I'm trying to think. Um, I think if you stay true to who you are, and that gets to the authenticity piece of it, you can weather these types of storms, right? But you have to make these deposits in the bank, right? that are all very much a part of your true, authentic self so that when the debits happen, (laughs) there are enough credits in the bank to make that come out in your favor. And you will hopefully have some brand fans or some advocates um, that will come to your distress and come to your rescue. Is there a a moment that you look back on where you did reach back into the the coffers to come to your aid and your own personal experience? Hmm, That's a really good, you know, I have this, um, I do a lot of speaking on the personal board of directors and it's really about power relationship building. And I think it it holds true true for brands too. When you have those advocates that are um, layered, you know, um, I actually use a funnel, which, you know, go figure, that's very marketing, right? (laughs) But it's, it's, it's different because you have your network 
at the top of that funnel, which is very, very broad. That's your reach. Those are the people you're connected with, right? My friend Ted Rubin, who's a marketing guru, says that network is your reach. Your community is your power. Those are the people that you can actually ask for things, Mm -hmm. call them to action. They can call you to action, and you don't mind doing things for them, right? That community is going to be the one that jumps into action if you're in some kind of crisis, right? And then that personal board of directors is down funnel. These are the folks that are like ride or die. You've got your mentors. You've got your sponsors. You've got your tribe, your peers. And then right there, you've got more junior people, people who may be a little bit younger than you, but know something that you don't. But very important to have those folks because those are the folks that will go to battle for you. And what you like to do is, again, putting those, you know, um, credits in the bank so that when the debits come, you can make some choices, right? And those relationships come to bear. And it's not so much that you have to call them to action per se, but they're already acting on your behalf. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? It does. It does. Mm -hmm. Okay, shifting from off-brand to rebrand. We've seen a number of big brands rebranding themselves over the past few years in an effort to become more relevant. So Mm -hmm. just a couple of examples here. So Weight Watchers is now WW or Wellness That Works. Duncan dropped the donuts to sell more coffee and other (laughs) things. And then MasterCard, um, I think, really shocked everybody when they dropped their name from their logo Mm -hmm. to look towards a cardless future. But for people... Rebranding isn't as easy as going to Neiman's and going on a shopping spree, getting all new clothes. Um, So what do they do to reframe how others think of them besides window dressing? Well, you know what? You really can't get too far off the reservation. (laughs) Let's just say that. And when I saw that list that you had of the brands, I, I thought about KFC. And you remember how, you know, they were Kentucky Fried Chicken for so long. Uh And then they went to KFC because they were, like, trying to take the fried out. Yes. But at the end of the day, the fried, fried is who they are, right? <laughs> Same for people, right? At the end of the day, you have to realize who you are. Now, there can be pivots. There can be evolutions. I think I'm a great example of that. And we kind of talked about this before this <laughs> podcast interview. You know, I didn't, like, shift my career. I've been doing these things all along. And you have to see where you're credible, Right. So if I've been, you know, running small businesses and I've been, you know, managing my brand through the corporate structure, whether it's an agency or a Fortune 10, I'm doing the things that I'm claiming I'm selling. Right. Right. And I think at the end of the day, that's what MasterCard has to do. You know, suddenly they can't sell milk. No one will believe them. Right. Right. (laughs) They have to be in credit. They can help you buy milk. Right. They'll help you buy it. So it's. If I were to take that and um, distill it, Mm -hmm. it's about knowing your truths, going back to your roots and understanding those um, core personality attributes and how they um, are woven into kind of every step along the journey, right? Absolutely. Well, in marketing, we talk a lot about the needs for brands to authentically connect with Mm -hmm. audiences. I think authentically or authentic or some version of that word has um, popped up in almost every conversation that I've had in the back of napkin podcast. But um, it's also a topic that you touch on a lot in your own work. So why this focus on authenticity? And why does it matter so much? I think it's important because people want to deal with people who are real. They don't want to guess. And I guess you can't really talk about authenticity without thinking about the fakery, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) We live in an era of 
gee, I don't know what's true. Even when you go online and just search for a news story, is it a real news story? Who's the authentic source? Um, it's important now more than ever that people are able to find people and brands that are real. Now, talk about knowing yourself, but it's also important to understand the room. Does that make sense? Yes. And who you're going to interact with. So I, I discuss the topic of emotional intelligence quotient. And you know what? Brands can think about this, too. Whatever you throw it in, into the environment, you need to understand how the environment's going to react, right? Right. So knowing yourself and then actually knowing who your audience is and knowing who you're speaking to is really, really important. I talk about style flexing, especially when we're talking about underrepresented groups, uh, women of color, black women, LGBTQ, you can go down the list, and how can I be authentic when you know research is saying that I'm a double outsider, or, or, so, or so they say in Catalyst. Well, the, the truth of it is that not everybody is ready for your black girl magic. They're not always ready for everything that you dial all the way up on your volume but you've got to understand the room. First, you got to be um, an excellent performer. So your performance needs to be on point. For brands, that means get your customer service right, get your product right, get all of that right before you can freelance, right? Before you can bring your personality to the table, before you can turn it all the way up. So there are times when you want to dial it down, enter the room, get to know the people, let them know your work, kill it, and then dial it up. Does that make sense? It does. Mm -hmm. Yes. I'm I'm one of those sneaky people that kind of grows <laughs> on you. And yeah. So get that. Yeah. Right. Do it the right way and they'll want to come back for more. Right. Um, so is there a difference between someone's bio and someone's brand? Uh, well, you know, <laughs> the bio really should feed into the brand. So if there is some thought that has gone into the brand, the bio should reflect it. But the bio really is the tactical piece. Yes. Right. So when I ask people, what do you do? I always listen to see if they give me a job title. The job title really doesn't tell me what you do, because ultimately I'm looking for the value that you bring. We're back to that statement again. What value do you bring to people? What benefit? And we talk about that in marketing all the time. What's the reason to believe? That's what you should be sharing instead of just I am a 25 plus year integrated marketer and business coach. <laughs> I like that. It's funny. Um, in our industry, oftentimes we ask for folks to contribute their um, their bios right. for, for business opportunities or, or what have you. And um, I'll get back the list and it's the bulleted mm -hmm. list. And I liken it to, say, a tech company that yeah. all they do is offer tech and spec. And really, the consumers don't want to know what well, they care about the tech and specs, but right. really they want to know what the product is going to what do, does it for do for them. Me? And so looking at that, that's always my feedback is, mm -hmm. um, that's great. You have done a lot of things, but tell me why I want to work with you. Exactly. Absolutely. And that's going to help you. Here's the thing. If you can't articulate your value, how can you expect someone to do it for you? And they may get you wrong. That's true. And how do you correct them if you don't know? That's true. Mm -hmm. So just when we think we know a brand or someone, we learn something new about them. Mm -hmm. Good, but unexpected. Mm -hmm. Should brands or people continue to reveal their nuances? You know what? I think so. I think it humanizes us. I do think that it all can't become a part of the headline, though. Um, I think LinkedIn is a great manifestation of that. You know that headline space? I call it your prime real estate, where people are sometimes a little confused about what to put. 
some people will put their dead on title, right? right? And then other people will list everything they ever did, <laughs> ever. And you know what? It just gets crowded. Um, I am a singer. Uh, we talked about this. I'm on the board of Opera America, but you don't see that in my headline because when I understand who I'm after, who my target is, and how to communicate my value, you know, that's not the first thing I'm going to communicate. But if you peel back the onion, and we, we are like onions, we have layers, right? We want to have some nuances. So it's kind of a cool thing to find out. Oh, gee, she's on the board of Opera America. Cool. I think that that shows um, much of the texture of who you are mm -hmm. and your um, ability to own a room and to your performance, as you mentioned earlier, sure. great performer. And I think mm -hmm. that that having an understanding and, and knowledge that, oh, Michelle is she's a performance girl. I mean, you get it. Right. Um, so I, I love knowing that nuance. About well, you. and, you know, and I'm an externalist, too. I'd say externalists kind of do a little bit of that now. But. Journalists, typically, when they're looking to tell stories about people, they look for that little nugget that they don't think people know about that gives the person, like you said, texture. So you might see an, an article about someone who is very, very high up in STEM and their engineer, whatever, but the lead might say something about she's a classically trained pianist. Yep. And you're like, oh, it kind of draws you in. Yeah, it does. Mm -hmm. Okay, you always hear this one. Um, we like to personify brands so we say oh if this brand was a person they would be right xyz so let's flip it michelle okay. if you were a brand <laughs> what brand would you be oh wow that's interesting hmm you know what i would to some degree i can relate to nordstrom's because they're known for good customer service yes and at the core of what i do is helping people and whether it is about, you know, helping you crush your goals, you know, in your corporate journey or helping you to scale up in business, it really is about helping that person and watching them smile when they reach their goals. So I think Nordstrom jumps out at me in that I way. I like that as an answer for you. Good. Yeah. It was really off the cuff. <laughs> <laughs> when we think about brands, we often talk about a brand's voice or a brand's personality. Um, we talk about even their archetypes. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, you might say that's your character, your substance, and your style, right? Right. So talk to me about your executive presence online and off and right. how character, substance, and style are so core to that. Yeah, okay, well, first of all, let's demystify it because a lot of people think it's some kind of little magic that people either have or they don't have. Everyone can have executive presence, and it really is about how you fill a room and like you said, character, substance, and style. That substance really has to be around that performance excellence. You gotta be killing it. Like the other two don't even matter if you don't, you know, kill it in your performance, right? Right. But the character really is about um, your integrity and, and, and what people what people know to be true about you and um, honesty, those things that people um, actually will you know, respect. And then style, of course, that goes from personality to work style to what have you. So how you manifest those experiences offline, I really do harp on the offline experiences. Your one-on-one -on -one interactions with people, how you handle a meeting, you know, all the way to, you know, are you accessible 
you know, throughout the day, if, if somebody sees you in the break room, do they do a Miranda Priestly and not give you <laughs> eye contact and, you know, scoot off the elevator? Or do, are you accessible, you know, and friendly and warm? That's when you can start to amplify things online. Um, I think one of the things that I've seen recently is that very, very high up officers or leaders in companies finally get to, you know, a very you know, admirable place in their career, and suddenly they want to have an online presence. But they haven't catered to and, and personified themselves in a good way with people one-to-one. -one. And then they wonder why people aren't following them, or they don't understand why their content isn't getting shared. And the fact is that the rock stars that we see out there that are corporate executives are the types of people that people think are warm and accessible and they just love them offline. So when they show up online, by George, they want to follow them. That goes back to your authenticity, right? Yes. So you, you know, the, the, some of the executives that have kind of been living on an island and mm -hmm. all of a sudden want to get to the mainland, right. they're not connecting. Right. And it's because the, probably the more junior folks that they're not dealing with in the hallway are the ones that are pretty much all over the internet. <laughs> what advice would you have for someone who has done um, a poor job of connecting mm -hmm. in their offline experience? How, how do you how do you go about kind of breaking down those walls and building up some relationships that will strengthen your your right? You know that's a tough one because so many folks are still stuck in the old way. I talk about the industrialized way. We're in this digital economy and. Part of that is understanding that your personal brand online and offline is one straight line. It's one straight line. Your professional, some people would like to say that they have a professional brand mm -hmm. and they have a personal brand. It's all one thing. Newsflash, right? It's all one thing. Right. So what we have to do is kind of work on the personality <laughs> that they bring to the office every day. And that's hard work for someone who's, you know, made it through the ranks and this has been okay all of a sudden. It's not. And so so I need to actually show up in town and and touch the people. <laughs> that's a big deal, you right. know, to suddenly go from Well, that's work. It yeah, you work. only see me on telepresence to I'm actually touching the people. It's a mindset shift, and um, you have to walk it out. Yeah, that mm -hmm. makes sense. Well, Michelle, thank you so much for joining me today. But before we go, I wanted to make sure that you got to give a plug for our listeners to sure. let them know how to find you. Absolutely. So I'm online. Um, my website is lmichellesmith.com. On Instagram and Twitter, I'm lmichellespeaks. And on LinkedIn, I'm in slash L. Michelle Smith. Until next time, I'm Candace Peterson, Global Managing Director of Brand and Consumer Marketing at Fleischman Hillard. Be sure to check out episode notes for links mentioned in this edition of Back of Napkin. Thanks for listening. Nike and Hallmark are clients of Fleischman Hillard. This has been a production of Fleischman Hillard, a global public relations and marketing agency serving the world's top brands. For more information about this podcast and to listen to previous episodes, visit FleischmannHillard.com forward slash brand marketing.